Sometimes God allows us to go through pain and suffering that we don't deserve. And none of it makes much sense to us at the time we're going through it. But what if that unfair pain and suffering that you're going through is part of God's plan to do something great in and through your life further down the trail? My brothers, I've learned that God's best meals are slow cooked. That's what I see in the life of Joseph. And that's also what I've seen in my own life. And I guarantee that's what you'll see in your life as well. If you will trust, obey, and wait on God through whatever unfair trials that you may be enduring. I'm going to tell you all about it on this episode and give you a fresh shot of spiritual motivation. So here we go. You're listening to the Grizz Podcast. Our mission is to guide, encourage, and equip you on your journey with Christ. It's time for you to rise up, honor God, and live manly. Now here's our host, Jason George. Get him, Jay. Yo! Yo, yo. 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 What's going down, my brothers? Thanks so much for taking time to tune in, listen to The Grizz. So glad to be with you right now, wherever you are, in your office, in your vehicle, driving down the road, at the gym with your headphones on, wherever you are, there you are. (laughs) And I'm right there with you. Some of you up in the Northeast, some of you down South, some of you in the Midwest, some on the West Coast, some up in the Northwest. Got some listeners in Canada. Shout out to you brothers in Alberta. Also got some listeners across the Big Pond in the UK, even South Africa. That's right. Shout out to all of you. There are a lot of things I don't like about technology and the rise of the internet age, but this is one of the good things it can do. It can unite us and advance the sanctifying work of the gospel in and through our lives. If you're new to the Grizz, welcome. My name is Jason George. I identify as half man and half grizzly. No, seriously. I am a uh, imperfect follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm also a husband to Stephanie. I'm a proud dad of three kids. I served as a youth pastor for about 15 years and then as a full-time itinerant evangelist and teacher for about 10 years. But I had to break from that because of my battle with Lyme disease I've also owned and operated a few small home improvement businesses, sorry, and uh, at this stage of life, I am about to turn 49 years old in April. I really focus on trying to be the best husband and dad and friend that I can be, and um, now I focus my ministry efforts on 
this podcast for Christian men, as well as doing some coaching and counseling with Christian men and leading online support, recovery, growth groups that are called Climb Teams. I, uh, I love the outdoors, love good coffee, good books, the occasional good cigar or bourbon. And like I said, I, uh, I do battle Lyme disease and some various health issues that that's brought with it. I've been doing better overall, but today is a rough day for some reason. Achy joints, brain fog, head pressure, some nausea. Ugh. Also, a little bit about me. I don't think I'm all that. I don't. I don't think I am some guru of manliness or godliness or biblical manhood or anything like that. I don't have it all together. My marriage is far from perfect. My parenting is far from perfect. I have issues. (laughs) I make mistakes every day. I fail. I sin. I sometimes say and do do. Stupid stuff, even here on the podcast. So, yeah, that's a snapshot of who I am. I'm trying to be a growing man who finishes well. You know what I'm saying? And I'm trying to help other men do the same. I would love to learn a little about you. So if we've never connected, feel free to shoot me an email. Tell me where you're from, a little bit about yourself. Uh, The email you can use is info, info at narrowtrail.com, narrowtrail.com. And I'll send you a Grizz sticker in the mail. That's right. It's cool to know who's out there listening. Got to hear from some listeners this past week. I appreciate that. Let me grab a sip of my coffee and open my Bible because it is time to rip into the meat. You're wild, man. Wild. Oh, man. That just never gets old. Genesis chapter 39 is where we're going to be. Start at verse 6. Going to work down to verse 20. I'm reading from the ESV. You can follow along or just listen to the grizz. Now, Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. And after a time, his master's wife cast her eyes on Joseph and said, lie with me. Translation, have sex with me. But he refused and said to his master's wife, behold, because of me, my master has no concern about anything in the house. And he has put everything that he has in my charge. He is not greater in this house than I am nor has he kept back anything from me except you because you are his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? And as she spoke to Joseph day after day, he would not listen to her to lie beside her or to be with her. But one day, When he went into the house to do his work, and none of the men of the house was there in the house, she caught him by his garment, saying, Lie with me. Translation, have sex with me. 
But he left his garment in her hand and fled and got out of the house. And as soon as she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and had fled out of the house, she called to the men of her household and said to them, See, he has brought among us a Hebrew to laugh at us. He came in to lie with me, and I cried out with a loud voice. And as soon as he heard that I lifted up my voice and cried out, he left his garment beside me and fled and got out of the house. Then she laid up his garment by her until his master came home. And she told him the same story, saying, The Hebrew servant whom you have brought among us came into me to laugh at me. But as soon as I lifted up my voice and cried, he left his garment beside me and fled out of the house. As soon as his master heard the words that his wife spoke to him, this is the way your servant treated me. His anger was kindled and Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. And he was there in prison. We'll stop right there. So let me break this down for you. Joseph is unjustly sent to prison. There's no trial, no jury, no defense attorney. He's declared guilty of sexual assault because Potiphar says he's guilty. There's no evidence, just the false accusation from Potiphar's wife. Dude, Joseph did absolutely nothing to deserve prison. He 100% did the right thing with what Potiphar's wife was trying to do. That hoochie mama was trying to seduce him, but he did the godly thing, the manly thing. But she lied about him. She slandered his good name and reputation. She tried to ruin his successful life. And why? Why? All because she was angry that she didn't get the sexual rendezvous that she wanted with him. She was an evil, evil woman. They're out there, my brothers. I've known a few of them. You got to keep your guard up. You got to get the heck away from them. Like it says in Proverbs chapter 7, don't even go near her house. Anyway. Interesting fact that I discovered this week about what happens to Joseph right here at this point of the story. When he is first arrested and sent to prison, it was actually pretty rough for him. The author of Genesis doesn't tell us this, but we learn about it later in Scripture in Psalm 105, verses 18 through 22 where it tells us about Joseph, it says, they bruised his feet with shackles and his neck was put in a collar of iron until what he, talking about God, had said came to pass. The word of the Lord tested him. The king sent and released him. The ruler of the people set him free. 
he made him Lord of his house and ruler of all his possessions to bind the princes at his pleasure and to teach his elders wisdom. Now, did you catch all of that? It said that Joseph was bound by his, you know, ankles with shackles and bound like his neck was bound too. That's how he's led away to prison. It says that the shackles actually bruised his feet. And I'm sure the iron collar choking his neck, that didn't feel too comfortable either. This is not only a physically rough ordeal for Joseph, but it's also utterly humiliating. He's publicly accused of sexual assault charges. This is not fair. Did Joseph question God? (laughs) There's no doubt in my mind. That's just part of being human. It's okay to question God when life doesn't make sense. It's okay to question God when life's not fair. Do we need to keep trusting and obeying him as we question him? Yes, absolutely. But it's okay to question him in the right way. God can handle that. That doesn't freak him out. This made me think also of uh, Colossians chapter 3, verses 23 through 24, where it says, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward, you are serving the Lord Christ. Joseph had been doing that as a slave to Potiphar. He was working heartily as for the Lord and not for men, not for Potiphar. And what was the result? What was the reward God was blessing him for it. God was even blessing Potiphar because of what Joseph was doing, what kind of man he was. But then it all of a sudden crashes down when Potiphar's wife makes this false accusation against him. What would you do in those moments? What do you do when You suffer for doing the right thing. What do you do when life doesn't make sense? Listen to me, my brothers. The best thing we can do is exactly what Joseph did. Trust, obey, and wait on God. Trust, obey, and wait on God. God. Wait on God to do what? To do a Romans 8.28. It says, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. And for those who are called according to his purpose, Joseph loved God. How do we know that? His love, listen, his love for God was obvious. It was demonstrated by the way he trusted obeyed and waited on God 
through all of his unjust pain and suffering. Again, that doesn't mean that he didn't question God along the way, but Joseph loved God and Joseph was called according to God's purpose. And God does end up working all things together for good in and through Joseph's life. Most of you know the end of this story. It is absolutely amazing to see what God does. This story is in the Bible because God wants you to know that he can do the same for you with all the pain and suffering that you're going through. But you have to do what Joseph did. You have to trust, obey, and wait on God to see the fulfillment of a Romans 8.28 in your own life. It also makes me think of a few other verses. Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. I've got them memorized. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Dude, it's saying when life doesn't freaking make sense, when it treats you unfair, when unjust things happen to you, don't lean on your own understanding. It doesn't make sense. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Acknowledge him in all your ways. And he's going to take care of things down the road, down the trail, I should say. Psalm 27, 14 says, wait for the Lord. Be strong. Let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. Psalm 37, 34 says, wait for the Lord and keep his way. And he will exalt you to inherit the land you will look on when the wicked are cut off. Trust God. Obey God. Wait on God. That's what you've got to do when life is unfair. When the unjust, unfair pain and suffering of life just comes and rocks you. Trust, obey, wait on God. Listen to me, my brothers. Here's something I've learned the hard way with this faith journey I'm on. There are no quick fixes with the various trials that we go through. There are no quick fixes. And there's a reason for that. You ready for this? Write this one down. There are no quick fixes with the various trials that we go through because God's best meals are slow cooked. Dude, it can take years, even decades, before all the painful junk that you've been through comes together and turns into something good and beautiful. It can take years, even decades, before it begins to make sense why God would allow you to have gone through all of that junk. God's best meals are always slow cooked. The trusting, obeying, and waiting, man, it can take a really, really 
really long time before you see God do a Romans 8.28 and work it all together for good. Just telling you how it is. By the way, do you know how long Joseph waited before it all began to come together and make sense to him? 13 years. 13 years. I did the math. From the time Joseph was sold as a slave to the time that he got out of prison and is appointed by Pharaoh as leader over Egypt, it's approximately 13 years. That's 13 years of trusting, obeying, and waiting on God, even when none of it makes sense. That's 13 years until he begins to see how God was working it all together for good. Remember, Joseph didn't have the book of Genesis to read like the end of the story like we do because it wasn't written yet. And he had no clue that his life would ever be recorded in scripture. It's not like he's trusting, obeying, and waiting on God because he knows one day he's going to be one of the heroes of the faith. He doesn't know anything yet. But he continued to trust, obey, and wait on God. My brother, listen, with whatever you're going through right now that you wish wasn't in your life, you have to do the same. As I said, there are no quick fixes. God's best meals are always slow cooked. It could take years, even decades, before it all comes together for good and begins to make any kind of sense. We walk by faith and not by sight, my brothers. Joseph didn't deserve for his brothers to treat him the way they did. Joseph didn't deserve to be sold as a slave to the Ishmaelites and then to Potiphar. Joseph didn't deserve to go to prison for the charge of rape. Joseph continually suffered for doing the right thing. 13 years 13 years. But sometimes that's how it goes, man. That's real Christianity, my brothers. That's biblical Christianity. Not this sugar-coated, soy latte, feel-good, best life now Christianity that so many are peddling here in America. The hard biblical truth is this. Many times, Christ followers suffer for doing the right thing and for saying the right thing. As C.S. Lewis said, this world is enemy-occupied territory. Embrace yourself, because here in America, I believe we will see this more and more as the majority of people in this nation continue to become anti-God, anti-Christ, anti-Bible, anti Objective truth, anti-morality, anti-the U.S. Constitution. We are not a mere post-Christian America, as some like to say. We are now a pagan America. Look around. Turn on the news. See what's really going on. Stop sticking your head in the hole like you're an ostrich pagan ideologies and practices they are openly practiced approved celebrated applauded 
and even taught to young, young children in public schools and public libraries. So brace yourself because we're living in Babylon. This is not one nation under God. This is one nation under paganism. And here in Babylon, a true Christ follower will suffer for doing the right thing and saying the right thing. There will be opposition, resistance, ridicule, slander. You will be canceled, banned, maybe even arrested, persecuted. Government agencies may even be used to weaponize against you. It's already happening. Not just in America, but also in the UK and in Canada. But let me encourage you, my brothers, and remind you of some biblical truth. Fact number one, this world is not our home. We're just passing through. We must remember that our true home and our true reward is waiting on the other side, heaven. First Peter 3, verse 14 says, But even if you should suffer for doing what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear what they fear. Do not be shaken. Then in verse 17, it goes on to say, For it is better, if it is God's will, to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. That is exactly what Christ did for us. He suffered for doing what was right. This is what Christians in the first century went through under the rule of evil Roman leadership. They suffered for doing and saying the right thing. As Christ followers in 2023, there will be times when we will go through similar suffering for doing and saying the right thing, for standing up for truth. That's par for the course of following Christ on the narrow trail that leads to life. Don't be a whiner. Don't give me this, but Jason, I don't deserve this. I deserve a way better life. You don't know everything I've done for God. First of all, if any of us received what we truly deserve from God, we would all be in hell right now. Secondly, you can't have that type of victim mentality, man. It's going to jack you up. Joseph never took on that mentality with all that he went through, nor did Jesus Christ. Stop the short-sighted earthly victim mentality. You need an eternal-sighted victor mentality. Let me say that again. That mentality of I don't deserve this, I deserve a way better life, look at everything I've done for God, that is a short-sighted earthly victim mentality. It is not an eternal-sighted victor mentality. And we have to let that short-sighted earthly victim mentality die. And as Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy 2.1, we have to endure hardship like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. Think about Christ. If anyone didn't deserve what happened to them, it was him. If anyone deserved far better than what he received, it was him. 
But look at what he received from the humanity that he came to save. They rewarded him with a slow and brutal murder on a cross. He's the only sinless person to ever walk this planet who did nothing but speak truth and love others unconditionally. And look what he received from the humanity that he came to save, the cross. And do you ever once see him take a short-sighted earthly victim mentality? Never. He always kept an eternal-sighted victor mentality. He knew the reward that was coming. Hebrews 12, 2 says that for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and is now seated at the right hand of the throne of God. So back to Joseph. He's being led away to prison for a crime that he didn't commit. Just imagine this real-life scenario being you instead of Joseph. Imagine if you were in his shackles with your feet bruised and an iron collar squeezing your neck, being led away to a nasty, brutal dungeon for something that you didn't even do. You obeyed God, and now you're suffering. And by the way, this prison was more like a dungeon. It was nothing like the majority of prisons we have today here in America. Where Joseph was going, there was no bunk, mattress, sheets, blankets, pillow, toilet, running water, heat, AC. There was no rec time on the yard to shoot hoops with the fellows. Like, no gym to lift weights, <laughs> no library, no TV time, no opportunities to earn your GED or college degree, no doctors or meds provided when you get sick. Man, Joseph was being led away in shackles with an iron collar squeezing his neck to the hardest existence he's ever known. And it's all because... He did the right thing. This isn't fair. Imagine if that was you today, 2023. Would you still trust, obey, and wait on God? Would I? Most of us have never known anything close to that kind of hardship. We've never known anything close to that level of testing of our faith. It's easy to talk about it, write about it, preach about it, podcast about it, make little memes about it. But what about when the unfair, hard times come for us? Do we have what it takes to endure, to trust, obey, and wait on God. My brothers, we need to be praying for that. We need to be doing all we can to cultivate that in our life and prepare for that. 
I'm so grateful that this story of Joseph is in the Bible. Because if he did it, then we can do it too. Joseph is a man just like us. He was born with a sin nature just like us. But if he did it, then we can do it too. We can't do it on our own. We need God's grace and we need his strength for sure. I want to encourage you and remind you with one other biblical truth. Fact number two, no matter what we face, God is sovereign. That means he's in complete control. That means nothing happens to us apart from him allowing it to happen. And we have to rest in that. Remember here in Genesis 39, Joseph can't see the end of his story. He doesn't know how things are going to work out. And as I said earlier, he's never read the book of Genesis because at this point, it hadn't been written. All he can see is his past and his present. And he has no clue like what's going to go down in the future. But he's got like this choice to make, to trust, obey, and wait on God. And the fact that he is sovereign and Joseph chooses to be faithful. I mean, seriously, man. Like I thought about this, like what's the other option? To be faithless? To choose to live in doubt, fear, anger, discouragement, self-pity? To just wallow in the dungeon? Woe is me. I don't deserve this. I'm an innocent man. Wah, wah, wah. Uh... Is that what you want to do? I mean, you can do that. The choice is up to you. But you need to know that that short-sighted, earthly victim mentality leads to serious darkness and despair that will utterly destroy you. Listen to me, guys. It won't be your circumstances that destroy you. It will be your outlook and response to your circumstances that deliver or destroy you. Joseph had a choice to make. So do we. Every single day we have a choice to make. Our outlook often determines our outcome. Holocaust survivor Viktor Frankl learned this while in a Nazi concentration camp. Listen to what he wrote in his book, Man's Search for Meaning. I keep this quote right here framed on my wall here in the Grizz Cave. I look at it. I see it every day. The one thing you can't take away from me is the way I choose to respond to what you do to me. That last of one's freedoms is to choose one's attitude in any given circumstance. Joseph had to decide, am I going to allow this unfair circumstance to make me bitter or better? And you and I have to decide the same thing. Am I going to let the unfair circumstances of my life make me bitter or better? I don't deserve this. Okay. 
Great. Acknowledge that. And then are you going to let that make you bitter or better? Our outlook often determines our outcome. The last of one's freedoms is to choose one's attitude in any given circumstance. And that doesn't come from some professor in an ivory tower sipping his Starbucks. That's from Viktor Frankl, who survived just a horrible Nazi concentration camp. The choice is yours. We have to keep looking up, my brothers. And always remember, this world is not our home. We're just passing through. And we also have to remember that God is sovereign. He's in complete control. Nothing happens to us apart from him allowing it to happen. The storms of life are going to hit hard. Hurricanes, man. And when they do... You have to keep your eyes on the sovereign ruler of the storm. The one who walks on the waves. He never sinks. He never drowns. He never even stumbles. Nothing phases him. Nothing about what's happening in your life or will happen in your life freaks him out ever. So keep your eyes on him. That's what Hebrews 12 commands us to do to keep looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. He's promised to never leave you nor forsake you, Hebrews 13, 5. So yes, Joseph is being led away to a nasty, brutal dungeon in shackles with bruised feet with an iron collar choking his neck for a crime that he didn't commit. Yes, this is absolutely ridiculous and unfair. But how does he respond? Trust God. Obey God. Wait on God. That's how we need to respond when life's not fair. That's exactly what Joseph did. And watch how God responded. Verses 21 through 23 of Genesis chapter 39. It says, But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison put Joseph in charge of all the prisoners who were in the prison. (laughs) Joseph just became the warden of the prison. And whatever was done there, he was the only one who did it. The keeper of the prison, the, the warden, paid no attention to anything that was in Joseph's charge. He made Joseph the warden. And he did this, it says, because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made it succeed. Man, that's incredible. It's so profound, so encouraging, and it's so motivating. Despite his ugly and unfair circumstances, the Lord is still with Joseph and causing his life to prosper. God causes Joseph to succeed wherever he's at. God causes him to bloom wherever he is planted whether that be as a slave to Potiphar or as an inmate in Pharaoh's federal penitentiary. And why is this? Because God has an amazing redemptive plan in motion. God is slow cooking something amazing in Joseph's life, 
And we shall see more of that next time on part eight of the life of Joseph. That's enough meat to chew on for this week, my brothers. I sincerely hope this episode encourages you in your own journey with Christ. Yo, yo, I want to mention a couple closing items. Hey, my brothers, again, thank you for tuning in and listening. If this show is a blessing to you, then be a blessing back to our nonprofit ministry by becoming a monthly supporter for as little as $10 or $20 per month. Or you can make a one-time donation. We need that. Don't just be a consumer, be a contributor. Partner with us in what we're doing to ignite and equip men to honor God and live manly. The Grizz Podcast is an outreach of Narrow Trail Ministries Incorporated. We are a 501c3 nonprofit organization. We will always send you a record of your donation for tax purposes, and you can make a donation at narrowtrail.com. Narrowtrail.com, click on our give page. There's also a link in the show notes. If you want to connect with me via email or social media, there are links in the show notes. You can also do that at narrowtrail.com or at thegrizzpodcast.com. If you need a good, solid, weekly support, recovery, growth group, check out our climb teams. They meet online every week via Zoom. I lead all of them. Would love to have you. The membership is just $40 per month, and it is well worth it with all that you get. To learn more, go to narrowtrail.com, click on the climb team page. Also, are you tempted online, like with your smartphone or your computer? That would be most Christian guys that I know. (laughs) Get Covenant Eyes internet accountability software installed on all of your devices and on your kids' devices. It's an incredible tool to help you stay strong. There's a link in the show notes. When you're at sign up and you check out, use the promo code GRIZZIN. Grizzin, G-R-I-Z-Z-I-N, to get your first month completely free. Also, sign up for The Growl. The Growl is a free weekly email I send out to Christian men who are serious about honoring God and living manly. goes out every Friday. I'm not trying to sell you anything. It contains some very helpful content, links, resources, recommendations. It's a link in the show notes, my brothers. That's it for now. Honor God. Live manly.